her family, so we're usually flying into Syracuse. So the kids now will we'll go bum around uh, downtown. Swam by the wreck a few times. I think it was a couple years ago. Now we were able to take in a crunch game. Um, kids got to come and ride the Zamboni and all that stuff. So it's, it was good to be back and and see the charm of the War Memorial, the charm of the city, and and then be able to uh, kind of relive those, if you want to call them, the glory days. Hi there. Welcome to the show. I'm Lucas Favalli. This is Crunch Chronicles. Great to be with you here today. Episode 15 of Crunch Chronicles. And we've got another great guest lined up for you here today. Joe Motzko is our guest on Crunch Chronicles here for episode 15. Joe spent uh, four seasons with the Crunch, plus played a couple of games at the end of his college career in the 2002-2003 season. But Joe Motzko was part of the Columbus Blue Jackets organization when he was with the Crunch and really started his pro career as a rookie in the 2003-2004 season for the Crunch. He played 70 games that year as a rookie at 41 points for the Crunch. That grew to 66 points in 79 games the following season. And then he topped that with a 61-point performance in just 61 games, a point-per-game player in the 2005-2006 season. So a very productive player for the Crunch. But in all of that, he'd only played a handful of games with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So in 2006-2007, he had another point-per-game season with a crunch, 36 points in 33 games. Did have seven games that year with the Columbus Blue Jackets, scored a goal as well but was looking for more of an opportunity and ended up getting moved and traded to the Anaheim Ducks organization that year. Finished the rest of the regular season with the Portland Pirates in the AHL. Ended up getting called up to Anaheim for the playoffs and played in three playoff games that year in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Ducks. Did not appear in the regular season with Anaheim, but three playoff games and the Ducks went on to win the Stanley Cup. So Motzko was Stanley Cup champion the following year. uh, He came back and uh, won a Calder Cup as well. So uh, he he is a, a winner at both levels now, the AHL and the uh, NHL, and uh, just a very productive player in his time as a player for the Crunch and beyond, but a very good guest to have here on Crunch Chronicles, a very productive offensive player for Syracuse. Our guest on episode 15 of Crunch Chronicles is former Crunch forward Joe Motzko. Hey, Lucas. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Happy to be here, and always a pleasure to to talk with anybody from the the Crunch organization. Some of the best years of my life were there, and so no, I mean, going on now, living, done playing hockey, of course, getting old in my forties, and uh, what I call working in the real world in the finance industry, and living in Minnesota, chasing uh, three boys around. They're busy with sports and school and all that good stuff. So just living the dad life. Yeah, it's always fun when we're catching up with the guys. Uh, you know, that real world experience now, you, you leave hockey and you, you got to be a dad, be whatever it might be. So how's that all going for you now that you've, I guess, uh, hit reality and it's it's real life? Yeah, you know, if you rewind five, six years to when I got done playing, uh, it's a little bit of uh, a slap in the face. But um, now that you've got time to look back and, and realize how good it was, you know, playing hockey for a living and even though you're spending some time in the hotels and buses, it's uh, it's a pretty good life. So definitely appreciate it more. And But, uh, you know, the transition's been good. Got a lot of good family friends back here in Minnesota. So, you know, fun to, to stay part of hockey, you know, chasing my kids around, like I said. But, um, you know, necessary evil sitting in an office. 
I guess. Yeah, right, exactly. It, it comes at some point for everyone. How old are the, the kids? What are they, uh, you know, what sports are they playing and, and what's it like to, to follow them allow, around? Um, yeah, so I've got three boys. Uh, they're nine, seven, and five. Um, all three are playing hockey right now. So obviously you can find me in a, in a hockey rink here in Minnesota most weekends, um, helping out with uh, my boys there. But uh, non-hockey sports, uh, play some lacrosse and soccer, and thankfully they're all kind of into golf. So it gets gets me out and allows me uh, to go play some golf with my boys. So it's fun. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's awesome to hear. It, it, what's it like to be a hockey parent now after having gone through it as a player, seeing your parents go through it? Now what's it like on the on the flip side? Yeah, I mean, we're still dipping our toe in the water here with them being relatively young. I, you know, you hear all the the stories out there, some good, some bad. Um, but luckily, you know, we're what we call mites here in Minnesota. So we're all in-house stuff, haven't really hit the travel yet. So it's been tons of fun to, to have them, you know, get the passion for being on the ice and with their buddies and having fun and playing games and getting better. So. No complaints. Yeah, well, that's awesome to hear, and uh, hopefully they uh, continue to enjoy the game like you did uh, as a player as well. And and we'll shift to that now. Of course, uh, as we said, you spent uh, a good chunk of time here in Syracuse, uh, parts of four seasons. Uh, started your pro career with the Crunch uh, way back in the uh, in two thousand and three. Uh, we'll start with just uh, you know your general thoughts. Uh, what what was it like to be a part of the Crunch and uh, and your time here? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's you know the NHL you know, by design is where kind of boys go to become men when it comes to playing professional hockey, where a lot of it is, you know, getting away from mom and dad and family and things like that. So went out there after four years in college and was a little bit older than some of the other rookies, you know, coming in, you know, from junior hockey and things like that, but plenty of other college guys around, but you know, it was great going in there. We had a lot of older guys to lean on that you could, you could watch and, and learn how to be a pro. Um, we had guys like Kevin Deneen helping out and accused the director of skill development at that time. And, you know, having a guy like that around it probably made the biggest impact on my career there. The time he spent working, working with me and many of the players was, um, the one thing looking back, uh, was the biggest help in my career. And then of course, Gary Agnew and, and Rossi Yates on the, on the coaching staff, um, were were great you know they they were players coaches if you if you did your thing if you worked hard and and played the way you wanted you got your ice time and you had to earn it but if you didn't you you, you found a spot um as a healthy scratcher on the bench that game so it was a very fair environment um you know there wasn't a lot that was sugar-coated which i enjoyed but um yeah we we had a ton of fun we had some good teams and you know a uh, couple playoff pushes here and there and it was just, like I said, great experience. You mentioned Gary Agnew. Well, oh, I guess we'll start with him before we dive into you. We've seen him a lot. He's been with the Vancouver organization, so for a number of years he was in Utica and now out in Abbotsford. But uh, you mentioned players coach. He's the winningest coach in crunch history. What was it like to, to play under under Gary and and that experience? Yeah, I mean, now we're, we're dialing back almost 20 years since I first uh, started playing with him. But, um, you know, he... At that time, he had the the dry sense of humor, and like I said, if 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 you took care of uh, business the way he wanted to, he was going to open the door and let you play. And um, you know, I think I think a lot of players um, attached onto that and enjoyed their time, and and allowed a lot of us to develop. Um, you know, on the defensive side of the rink, we we had some structure and had to do those things, but we were once you cross that red line, you were able to use your creativity and use your skill and, and make some plays. So that's you know. When you talk about true development, that was one of the biggest assets playing for the crunch. 
um, for me individually. And you had some really good years, of course, with the Crunch. We'll start with your rookie season, though, in 2003-2004. Uh, you come in here, you have 41 points in 70 games. What do you what do you remember from that season in particular as a rookie joining uh, the pro ranks? Like you said, you were a little older than maybe some of the other, uh, you know, the guys coming out of junior or whatnot. But uh, what do you remember from your rookie year here? Yeah, I mean, that's, that first year coming from college, you know, in college you play 35, 40 games, all depending on how far you go into the playoffs. So to play you know, an 80, 82 game schedule, um, it is a lot, you know, it's a lot to get used to. Um, you add in the travel, like we talked about on, on buses for the most part along the East coast there and, and some late nights and early mornings, things like that. It's definitely an adjustment. And, and that's, you know, you can kind of chalk up that year to, to learn how to, to be that pro, like we said, of taking care of your body, taking the time, you know, the appropriate times to get better on the ice, but taking that time off the ice as well to make sure you're ready for that next game. So definitely an adjustment year and, you know, came in and, and had to earn my ice time um, that first year for sure. And, um, you know, played probably a third, fourth line role at that point and was lucky enough to be um, line mates with Jeremy Reach, um, who, you know, I'd say pound for pound is one of the toughest guys I ever played with, but um that, that play with Jeremy gave me a, a little bit of leash. That was, you know, uh, that was a year before the lockout, before the rules kind of changed. And, you know, I remember Jeremy told me, he's like, you can go to the front of the net every time after whistle, I'll be right behind you to clean up anything that happens. And so I got a little bit of a false sense of security because sure enough, I'd go in there and, and stir things up a little bit and Jeremy be right over my shoulder, ready to, to fight or take care of business on, on anybody that I needed to. And, you know, that's how Jeremy kind of fought his way you know, off the ranks in the AHL and the NHL. And, you know, he could, he was a tough guy, but he could also play the game. So that first year, it was fun playing, playing hockey with him and learning the, the pro style game, if you will, playing with them as well. Yeah, not a good, not a bad guy to have uh, watching your back there going to the front of the net for sure. Uh, you, you mentioned the adjustment uh, and making the jump from college to pros. You know, what is that, you know, how much of a jump is it? And then what in your mind is the biggest adjustment, you know, on the ice, off the ice, whatever it is going from, from college to the pro level? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good question. I still don't know if I know that answer, but, um, in, no, I mean, just it's it's up another level or two or three, right? Everyone's bigger, stronger, faster, smarter. Everything happens quicker. Mistakes are amplified. Um, so it's just, you know, taking care of that puck in your own end, like we talked about a little bit, but how, how much quicker you have to make decisions and make the right play make it quick because you know what if you don't do it there's somebody in line that'll that'll take your spot on that roster and do it the right way so um that's the biggest thing of, of playing hockey the right way and sustaining that over an 80 or 82 game schedule is um the biggest leap well the year before you, you did play two games after your college career ended at st cloud state you got two games in uh, right at the end of the year with the crunch how much of a benefit was that for you uh the year previously to get it you know it gets you get your feet wet before heading into full-time pro hockey the following year yeah, I mean, like like you mentioned, that was that was huge for me to see the environment, things like that. If I remember right, those two games were at the end of the year, um, and I think Syracuse was maybe out of the playoffs at that, and they were against the Rochester Americans. Um, and at that time, I'm sure it's still the same, but the rivalry was was pretty good. So they were um, maybe not true hockey games, if you will, at that point. Uh, I think it was fight night a couple nights in a row. Uh, things like that. So it was definitely eye-opening um, from that aspect to see what a what a minor league hockey game can be like. Um, but again, it was to get the feet wet 
get a couple chefs play a little bit and get to see Syracuse and, and the city and the locker room and the rink and things like that and kind of know what I was walking into that next year was a was a huge advantage. Well, you mentioned Rochester, the following, that your rookie year, you end up playing them in the playoffs in that first round and uh, it didn't go the crunches way, unfortunately. Uh, game seven ends here in, in overtime. What do you uh, what do you remember, though, from that playoff series at the end of your rookie year against, uh, like you said, one of the biggest rivals for the crunch, the Amherst? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's still uh, still can remember that. Um, obviously, a, a great playoff series. I mean, anytime you got two teams an hour apart going seven games, but I can uh, remember remember kind of a broken three on two. Kent McDonnell, somebody made a great pass to Kent, and Kent maybe hit the crossbar, just missed. It wrapped around the the boards, and Rochester came down, ran the same exact play, and they were able to capitalize it to, to end that series and obviously this season for us so um yeah i mean first taste of pro hockey playoff hockey in the seven game series um you know that seven game series not for the faint of heart big boys come and play and in the playoffs, and that was my first taste of it, so I learned a lot uh, going through that process. Joe Motzko, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles. Uh, in the midst of that rookie season, you do get a couple of games up in the NHL, too, with the Columbus Blue Jackets. What do you remember uh, from your, your NHL debut that year? Um, yeah, I mean, that's why we're all doing it, right? That's uh, a dream come true and, and things like that. So, I mean, to walk in and see your name on an NHL, NHL sweater and getting that opportunity to play at the NHL level, I think... Um, you know, it's, you, you kind of forget, you know, if, if you had time to slow things down, everything happens so fast, but, um, you know, it's one of those things. I think in my second game, we, we played Dallas, um, who's obviously for, the former Minnesota North stars and I line up against Mike Madonna. Well, my brother and I pooled our money to buy a Mike Madonna Jersey back in the day. So, uh, you know, you kind of got to pinch yourself when you line it up next to him and say, all right, now I got to go try to try to kill this guy or take the puck from him, whatever it may be. So, um, but no, it's just, just a great experience again to get that cup of coffee, you know, it makes you want it even more. So that just kind of set the stage to continue to keep working hard and, and, and try to grind my path to the NHL full time. I can't even imagine what that moment must've been like for you lining up against Madonna. Was that kind of your welcome to the NHL moment when you look up and you, you see him there? Or was there something else that maybe stands out? Yeah, well, I mean, there you have played a couple exhibition games, things like that, but that was kind of the first time. And then, you know, all my buddies are, are texting you when you get that cup of coffee up there. So it's, um, yeah, maybe maybe that was the first time to be like, you know, holy smokes, like this is this is really it. So, yeah, always fun. Move on to your second year now uh, in Syracuse. You make another nice jump as you've now, I guess, made that adjustment to pro hockey in your second season. You end up with 66 points in 79 games, a really productive season for you. What do you uh, what do you remember from your second year and, and what went well for you throughout the course of that season? Yeah, um, I think if I remember right, that was the lockout year too. So the the hockey in the AHL was was really really good with all the you know the young prospects that were be able to be sent down and, and play you know for their minor league teams things like that. So the level of hockey was really good, and um, you know if I remember like Binghamton Senators, they had you know they were stacked. They had Spezza and that whole crew who you know played a bunch of years in Ottawa and NHL and. Um, so there wasn't a night off, so you just had to play hockey and, you know, we had some really good players. Um, you know, the thing I remember about that year, I think it was that year, our power play was, was pretty good and pretty fun to be on. We had, um, me and Andy Delmore on the point as right-handed shots and Peter Sarno, who was probably one of the better passers I ever played with in my career. And then, uh, my good buddy, Mark Hardigan would kind of 
work the half wall and down low. And then we had Tim Jackman, um, the big moose, standing in front and willing to do whatever it took in front of the net. So we uh, we had some fun in the power play that year and zipped the puck around pretty good. And maybe its uh, power play percentage wasn't quite as good as I remember it. But, uh, but like we scored a ton of goals on the power play and had a ton of fun doing it. So um, that's kind of the thing that stands out that year for me. You mentioned the lockout year that year, of course, and, and the quality of play. How do you think that that quality of play raised everyone's game and, and, and helped in development for, for someone like you or or anyone in the league at that point? Yeah, I mean, like anything else, you're you're playing against better players. You're forced to adapt and, and keep up and bring your skill level to, to a higher level as well. So, you know, it, it only benefits you, and, you know, it made a lot of hockey players around the AHL better that year, so... Joe Motzko, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles. All right, so that was your number two. Then we'll shift to your number three. Uh, a point per game season for you with the Crunch in the 05-06 season. 61 points, 61 games. You get another couple of games with Columbus as well. What uh, what stands out for you from uh, your third pro season in Syracuse? Yeah, I mean, just more of the same. Just continuing to, to try to do the right things every day. Obviously, you know, we get into in the AHL, especially in these coast leagues, you get a lot of players filtering in and out, whether it be through trades, call-ups, send-downs, things like that. So, um, you know, playing with a lot of different players, but, you know, I think we continue to have some competitive teams. And um, I remember having a pretty good year that year. And then I, I think I had a knee injury, which derailed me a little bit. And I missed, maybe missed like 15, 20 games, something like that. And, you know, again, got the, got the sniff with the, with the top team and uh, it just, makes you hunger and want more so it's more of the same i mean playing playing pro hockey for a living chasing the dream so more of the same yeah and then you move on so fourth year it's uh it's again you start the year with columbus organization the the blue jackets and the crunch you get traded that year though uh, to the ducks organization uh what do you remember from uh you know where were you when you got the news of the trade what what was going on in your head at that point um, yeah, so yeah, I mentioned Kevin Deneen earlier and he was kind of the driver on that. I had a pretty good relationship with him and he was taking the time to work with me and then he went on to be a head coach, obviously he was the head coach in Portland. Um they were kind of revamping things there. Um and I remember I was at a pregame meal um on a Friday, got the call that I got traded. I didn't remember and I didn't know what to do. Like, do I continue eating my meal? Um, next thing you know, I'm on a, on a plane, um, to Portland later that afternoon. And I don't think I made game time, but played the next night in, in Portland. And, and then obviously found some time later on to come back and get the rest of my stuff from Syracuse. So it was kind of a, you know, a, uh, a slap in the face a little bit. You don't, you know, spend three, three and a half years with an organization. And, um, all of a sudden that changes. And a little bit was for me I was, I was ready to, you know, find an opportunity at the NHL level where I might get more of an opportunity because it was pretty clear I wasn't going to get more than a couple of games a year with Columbus and um, which kind of drove the help drive the trade to, to Portland Anaheim. And so it, it was, you know, it was tough. You, you leave a bunch of good friends in a city, you know, well, but um, you know, got to take a step forward in your career and move on to the next chapter. Oh, you mentioned Kevin and he just a sidebar, of course, he, uh, for, for crunch fans listening to this, the head coach currently of the, uh, of the Utica Comets. Uh, but you, you I, I guess you kind of said it there. It's a little bit of a fresh start, maybe a, a better opportunity to, to find some time in the NHL at some point. Was that kind of the approach you had to take after, uh, after getting the trade is okay. There's a new, new start, new opportunity, and, and maybe you'll see some time in the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. That's where, you know, we're all trying to get to that next level and, 
trying to get there for longer than, you know, whether two, three, four, five games, whatever it might be. So yeah, it was a new opportunity, a fresh start, fresh team. And, um, you know, just knew I had to continue to do the things that had given me success thus far. How difficult is it to to leave, you know, a city where you've you spent some time in Syracuse? I know it's not the, uh, you know, the place you want to end your career, of course. You wanted to get to the NHL, but you, you had a really productive run in, in Syracuse. Fifth all-time in, in scoring uh, still to this day with 204 points. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the, the friends you make here in the city, whether it's on the ice, off the ice. How difficult from that perspective was it to, uh, you know, to leave this city and this team behind? Yeah, I mean, still have a lot of good memories and actually get back there uh, a fair amount. Actually, met my wife uh, in Syracuse, and she's from upstate New York. She was going to Syracuse University at the time and was in her last semester. But, uh, you know, we're going, we're trying to get back there as much as possible to see her family. So we're usually flying into Syracuse. So with the kids now, we'll we'll go bum around uh, downtown, swung by the rink a few times. I think it was a couple of years ago now we were able to take in a crunch game um, and kids got to come and ride the Zamboni and all that stuff. So it was, it was good to be back and, and see the charm of the war memorial, the charm of the city, and and then be able to uh, kind of relive those, if you want to call them, the glory days. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's awesome to hear. Uh, great to great to have you in whenever you can make it in. Of course, uh, we'll we'll shift back to that uh, that season though. In 2007, you're with the Ducks organization. You end up getting a couple of games in the playoffs that year, and the Ducks go on to win the uh, the Stanley Cup. What was that playoff run, that Stanley Cup run, like for you to be a part of and and get a couple games in during the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, obviously, anytime you're part of a Stanley Cup winning team, it's it's it is the dream come true, right? So again, you talk about wishing to slow things down. That's you know, at the time you're just focused on the task at hand. But um, you know, it's it's the the playoff hockey is one of the best things in the world, in my opinion, and and to be part of it and being able to contribute on the ice um, and get your name on that Stanley Cup is is the holy grail, right? Oh, for sure. And, and uh, you've got to be uh, got to love getting a part of that journey for you. So you win the championship in 07. Then you go uh, and win another one in 08, a Calder Cup with Chicago. Uh, I guess uh, winning became a habit for you. What what was it like to uh, then go on and win a Calder Cup the following year? Yeah, well, I, apparently I did it backwards. So apparently you're supposed to win the Calder <laughs> Cup and then win the Stanley Cup. But no, so the following year, you know, had had some options. I uh, didn't have a contract that following year. So I ended up signing with um, Washington, Washington Hershey. And, uh, you know, again, same old song and dance. Had some success at the AHL level. Got a cup of coffee in the NHL. And then um, there, for those that might not know, there's, and these rules are probably trained, change but there's um there's rules of how many older players you can have and then there was uh um a rule where if you had i forget the exact games 170 to 220 games you could dress an extra vet so i fit that mold and it worked out a a trade between chicago and hershey to send me to chicago because i was that tweener able to play that and um walked into a great situation there obviously back in those days Chicago was, you know, the premier organization. I mean, if it comes to wins and losses, it's not one of them. Um, so walked in, played with guys like Jason Krog, Darren Hadar, Brett Sterling. This goes on and on, and we were able to uh, um, win the Calder Cup. And again, playoff hockey, in my opinion, is the best out there. So to go through that process with those guys and come out on top again, uh, I would say 
pretty good couple of years of professional hockey. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. Back-to-back championships for you at uh, at both levels. Uh, you play one more year in the AHL the following year with uh, with Chicago. Again, a couple of games in Atlanta. But after that, you go to Europe, you go to Germany and, and Austria. What was your time like uh, overseas? Oh, fantastic. I mean, that's where the game you know, became a lot of fun again, um, you know, later as you get older and and the minors and things like that, there's obviously things going on and a lot of, you know, prospects that need ice time and things like that. So, you you know, you can see yourself kind of phasing out of the minor leagues at some point and playing a limited role. So you get an opportunity to continue to play pro hockey, but go visit the world as well. So like you said, went over to Germany, um, played there for four years and, and had just a great time. We were in uh, a smaller town just north of Munich called Ingolstadt, um and had a blast you know there's imports over there i think we had 10 guys from canada or north america and then you know the german guys are all really good guys so you become a family and same thing you just you know you go through the process and you got some highs and lows but again you're playing hockey for a living and then um you know had the one more year in austria which is obviously salzburg austria is a a great city Uh, uh austria is a great country so you know, playing and it was part of the Red Bull organization, so they treated you fantastic and and got to got to grow my family a little bit over there. Got to see the world and continue to play some hockey. So no complaints from me. Yeah, and the atmosphere over there, I, I always hear, is is second to none, really, with some of the crowds and and the chants and everything going on in in those games, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's the the soccer mentality where when they bring it over to hockey. You can picture almost like a high school or college, but the the home fans sit behind the visiting goalie, and they are on their feet for the entire 60 minutes of the game, singing and dancing and chanting, and and it's just a ton of fun, and there's a ton of passion for the the hockey organizations there, so it's just a energetic place to to play. Joe Motzko, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles, talking about fans. We'll shift back to uh, to Syracuse now and and ask about uh, you know what it was like to play here in front of the fans here and interact with the the, the Crunch fans over the years. Uh, what what it meant to you to to play in this building in front of the fans? Yeah, I mean that like like I said, that's where I I went there a little bit of a boy and became a man. So it, it was fun. I I enjoy the the charm of an older hockey rink, the War Memorial. Um, the interaction with the fans is great. I mean, you were trying to get to the training room and sometimes it got a little bit much, but you're, you're bumping into fans, carrying beers as you're trying to get over there. So I enjoyed all those nuances of, of playing in an older building and, and things like that. And then having the fans right on top of you and the, and the passionate fans that are in Syracuse just makes it all that much better. They were, they were intelligent hockey fans. And, you know, when, when you weren't performing, uh, um, they let you know it and we probably deserved it. But, um, things were going well they were right behind us and, and cheering us along so it was fantastic and definitely one of the quirks of this building is that uh, the the training room across in the locker room here uh, in Syracuse uh, yeah what, what's um, I guess your your favorite memory uh, of your time here on or off the ice uh, from the time you spent in Syracuse whether it's you know a game action whether it's you know something you did uh, a place you, you frequented here whatever it might be <laughs> Well, I don't know how much time we have, but no, like just going back to the, the charm of the war memorial of, of warming up down in the basement, there, playing the two touch soccer with the guys. And, you know, they, they've cleaned it up a little bit, but we had the, the dingy lounge down there with the changing room and the weight room. Um, for some reason, I just enjoyed that. I enjoyed, you know, being with the guys and, you know, I think as most people, when they get done playing, it's, 
obviously miss being on the ice, but it's missing the time with the guys. So whether it be on the bus or just hanging out in the locker room or down in the lounge there, it was, um, you know, some of my favorite memories from my time in Syracuse. Uh, well, you mentioned cleaning it up and some of the renovations here. I don't, I don't know. The, remember the last time exactly you were here, but uh, every time you come back, are, what's what's the reaction as you see this building get some of those improvements and and you see downstairs now with what the Lightning have done to it? Uh, what's the reaction that you get these days? Um, a little bit jealous. <laughs> no, um, no, they're doing a good job with what what they have there, and obviously cleaning up. Uh, I think last time I was there, the. The scoreboard was new and they added some sweeps and things like that. So just to make the experience that much better. Um, my only thing, don't clean it up too much. Let's keep some of that charm of the old building going and, um, and, and, and keep that where the fans are an integral part of, of that building. Uh, amen. That's, that's the plan. That's the hope. That's what uh, we continue to see here in Syracuse. Uh, Joe Motzko, our guest here on Crunch Chronicles. Joe, we uh, very much appreciate the time here today, uh, and we wish you well moving forward. Hopefully uh, your boys continue to, to progress in the game of hockey themselves, and, and, and you can uh, follow along their journey. But thanks for doing this today, and uh, we hope to see you here in Syracuse again real soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me. So there he is, Joe Motzko on episode 15 of Crunch Chronicles. We thank him for giving us some time on the program this week. We hope you enjoyed that conversation with Joe. Uh, it was a fun one. It was good to go back down memory lane for the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, affiliation. The couple of years he spent with the Crunch, of course. Uh, full-time starting in 2003 and going through the 06-07 season before getting traded in the middle of that season to the Ducks organization. But a very big part of Crunch history, one of the all-time leaders for the Crunch in many different departments. Uh, just such a productive player, as we said. He is currently fifth all-time in franchise history in scoring 204 points in 245 games with the Crunch. 85 goals for Syracuse. That ranks fourth all-time in franchise history and 119 assists that ranks fifth so one of the great scorers in crunch history was the man on the show here today joe motzko we thank him once again for giving us the time that'll do it for us for episode 15 of crunch chronicles if you have any stories though about joe motzko or anyone else feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Lucas Favalli or via email lfavalli at syracusecrunch.com. We'd love to hear anything you have about Joe or any of our previous guests. All of those episodes available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Recently had Cedric Desjardins on the show. Oh, going all the way back to episode one with Pat Maroon. So all of those available on uh, wherever you're listening to your podcast here on the archive for the Crunch on Crunch Chronicles. That'll do it for us this week, though, on the program. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. For all of us with the Syracuse Crunch, I'm Lucas Favalli saying so long for now. We'll be back next week with another wonderful guest and another great episode of Crunch Chronicles.